Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Genesis, chapter 21, verse 1. Choose God's heir. Replace the child of the flesh with the child of promise. We're going to find out that Abraham is going to have two kids. The promise is going to be fulfilled. The child of the flesh is Ishmael, but the child of the promise who is soon to come is Isaac. Switch the offspring of man with the offspring of God. Accept the true heir of heaven which is God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we do have some parallels between Isaac being the child of promise, and of course, in the end, the Lord Jesus Christ is our child of promise. Abraham and Sarah must choose between their two sons, Ishmael and Isaac, as only one must become the true heir, and rise as the one who gives the descendants of the Jews and of the Messiah. The line must be chosen. Does it come through Ishmael, or does the line, the descendants, come through Isaac? A pivotal choice. Celebrate the promised son, Isaac. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Then the Lord took note of Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. God remembers Sarah and his promises to her. Yes, she's old. It's impossible for her to have a child this late in life. But God has promised, and God remembers his promises to us. Maybe it seems like it's too late. Oh, no, God is never late, and his promises do come true. He is the ultimate promise keeper. Verse 2, so Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Remember, the Lord had come with his angels and had met with Abraham and Sarah's kind of eavesdropping and and she starts laughing and Abraham laughs and this is crazy and we're going to have a child next year. Oh, yes. Don't laugh at the promises of God. They will come true. Verse 3. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And the name Isaac means he laughs or laughter. Why is he called laughter? Well, first, uh, Abraham kind of laughed at the promise of God. This is crazy, you know, me and Sarah having kids. And then Sarah laughs. I'm too old to have a child. Maybe he can have a child in old age, but my body ain't going to do it. And so they laugh. But God has the last laugh because the baby comes and the baby will bring incredible laughter. Imagine calling your baby boy 
laughter. It is a birthday. Happy birthday, dear Isaac. Happy birthday to you. And they're so excited, and there's invitations, and everybody comes, and the party, and we had a baby boy. It's a boy, and he's perfect, all his fingers and toes, and he's happy and chubby and bouncing. Verse 4. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Do you remember the sign of the covenant for the Jewish males? You must be circumcised babies at eight days old. Abraham is obedient. He follows to the T the command of God. They take the sign. By getting circumcised, this is his promise that I will raise this gift from God, this baby boy, in the things of the Lord. He will be a believer. He will follow God's commands and scriptures. It's kind of like dedicating your baby in prayer to the Lord. Many churches do that. They bring the baby and we pray over him. He's dedicated to the Lord, he or she. And then when the child chooses, they get baptized. But this is the commitment of the parents saying, God, you have given us this baby, and now I give this baby to you. I promise I will raise him in the things of the Lord. I will bring him to church. I will teach him to pray, and he will know your scriptures. And the goal is that this child will grow up as a believer unto the Lord. And Abraham is keeping his commitments. Verse 5. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now, men can have children later in life than women, right? But boy, he's up there. And a lot of times we say, my old man, he's so mean and strict. Well, this is a really old man, you know, Isaac said, my old man is really old. He's 100 years old, and he waited for the promises of God, and I finally came. I'm the miracle baby. My dad's 100 years old when I was born. Some of us... Uh, were born later in life with her parents. Verse 6, Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. She gets it. It's the play on the name, laughter. Isaac, his name is he laughs. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh while I'm bouncing him on my knee. And all my friends and relatives, when they see my baby, they're going to laugh with me, not laugh at me. See, before she was put down, she was dishonored. She was a disgrace to be a wife without a baby. But now God has given her the honor and the glory and the laughter, and people aren't going to laugh at me anymore. They're going to laugh with me and celebrate my baby boy, and his name is Laughter, Isaac. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. He's my miracle baby. Do you have a dream? Do you have a goal? 
Has God given you a promise? Is there something you want more in this world than anything else? God can give it to you. If you will ask him, if you will believe him, if you will ask, please, God, give me a promise too. Give me my promise from you. I know you can do it. And God does keep his promises as we see with Abraham and Sarah, even when it seems impossible. God had the last laugh. Eliminate the sibling rival. That's Ishmael. See, there's a problem because Abraham already has a son. And everyone's assuming he's the heir. He's going to get the money. He's going to run the show. He's going to be the leader of the clan. It's going to be through Ishmael, the descendants, and the promises of God will come. Oh, no. That's the child of the flesh. That's the child of human works. That's where you try to force and make it happen yourself. And that was a fiasco. And God says, no, it's not Ishmael. It's the child I'm going to send. It's the miracle baby. It's going to be Isaac. Verse 8. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now the practice of weaning is when you get your baby off of the milk and you start integrating solid foods, right? The baby's growing up. You can't be on the bottle forever, right? And so for the Jews, this is a big celebration. My little baby, he's being weaned. Now this would happen between two to three years old. So he's becoming a big boy. And let's have a big party and a big celebration because he's growing up. He's a toddler now, right? Between two to three years old. Verse 9. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham mocking. So right in the middle of the party, when everybody's celebrating Isaac, there's a rival. There's another son. There's a male sibling, another heir. And during the party for the little toddler, Isaac, there's a big teenage boy, Ishmael. And he's making fun. And he's mocking and scorning because he doesn't like this. Because he was supposed to be the heir. He was number one. He was the only child. And now along comes this little baby. And this is a present and real threat. Because imagine a powerful teenager could hurt a little toddler. And mom, Sarah's feeling uncomfortable. What's happening? Why is, why is the party being ruined? Why is he mocking and making fun of my little boy? He's raining on my parade. He's ruining the party. And this is a real threat. And there is a problem here. And he has got to go. Wow. Verse 10. Therefore, 
she said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. There can only be one head. There can only be one leader of this clan. There can only be one heir. And I cannot allow a rival. I cannot allow competition. So that woman, my slave, must go and take her boy with her, that teenage troublemaker. I want him out. Throw him out of the house. Expel them. Send them away. Now this becomes very spiritual because Ishmael represents the flesh and doing it in your own human works and trying to force the promises of God. But Isaac represents the spirit and the miracles of God and the promises of God. And you cannot mix the two together. There are Christians, they're trying to live in the flesh and they're trying to live in the spirit. It doesn't work. There's Christians trying to force and through their own works and their good works, they're trying to make things happen instead of resting on the grace and the mercy and the promises of God. You cannot walk the fence. You cannot have it both ways, right? Jesus said you cannot serve two masters, right? You either love Christ or you love the world, but you cannot have them both. And this is why sometimes Christians are defeated and discouraged because we're playing it, right? We're playing both sides. I've seen some of the greatest, biggest pastors, so powerful, so successful in ministry. They have some of the very biggest churches in the country, but they've been playing games. They've been carnal. They've been touching the women. They've been playing with the money. They've been living a secret life. And it eventually the truth comes out and their fall and the church is split and you've probably heard the stories. You can't be in the world and in Christ. You've got to choose and take sides. Verse 11, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. How can you ask a father to choose between his two sons? This is crazy. I love them both. I love all my kids the same. But this is the problem with two different wives, right? This is the problem with mixed marriages. This is the problem with uh, polygamy, favorites, and choosing, and uh, you know, he was my firstborn, the special one, but he was from the flesh, and he was from an Egyptian slave, not from your real wife. Verse 12, but God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad, your teenage boy, yes, and your maid, kind of the Egyptian slave, half-wife thing going on. Whatever Sarah tells you, this is the real wife, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendants shall be named. Sometimes husbands need to listen to their wives. 
Sometimes they're right on. Sarah's right on. She gets it. This is the promise of God. This is the miracle baby. This is the doing of God. That whole thing with Ishmael was a mess and a nightmare, and we should have never done that, and I know, and I you know, told you to do it, and now I'm telling you not to do it. <laughs> have you been there? But now we realize we've messed up. We've got to take the right path. We have a fork in the road. We have two sons, two heirs. We've got to choose the right way to live in the spirit and not in the flesh, to live by grace and not try to live by human works and earning our way to heaven. We need to stop living in the world and now live for Christ. Sarah gets it. He's got to go. She's got to go. And God says, yes, do what your wife Sarah has said. The line of the Jews will come through Isaac, not through Ishmael. Verse 13. And of the son of the maid, I will make a nation also. Yes, through Ishmael, the Arab nations will come. The Arabs that will be rivals to the Jews. And this battle will become an eternal battle all the way till today. Have you noticed how the Arabs and the Jews, they fight each other? Because daddy chose. He rejected Ishmael, and the Arabs are upset and hate the Jews because they've been thrown out, and the Jews have the land of Israel. And you know what? The Arabs are like, we want daddy's home. We want daddy's land. We want the promises of God. I'm sorry. But God has chosen because he is your descendant. He's going to be the line. He's going to be the heir. Verse 14. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, kind of a skin container thermos, if you will, of water, putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. They're thrown out. They've slammed the door. Here's some humble provisions. You're going to have to make it on your own in the real world. Out in the desert, you shall go. Wow. So Galatians helps explain this. Galatians 4, 23. It says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman, right, Hagar, and one by the free woman, Sarah. But the son of the bondwoman was according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through the promise. You can't do it on your own. Let God do it for you, the promises of God. Very symbolic, very spiritual. God helps the outcast, and he will come through and he will protect Ishmael. Verse 15. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. 16. Then she went and sat down opposite him, about a bow shot away, 
kind of shooting an arrow, that distance. For she said, do not let me see the boy die. A prayer for help. Like, God, I can't bear it. He's my only baby boy, my only son. He's this teenager. I had high hopes for him, and now we're thrown out in the desert. We're out of water. We're dying of thirst. And I can't bear to watch my son die. So I'm going to separate a distance. I'll put him in the shade, and I'll watch him from a distance because I can't stand to see him suffer. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. She's crying for her baby. 17. God heard the lad crying, the teenage boy, Ishmael, right? He's crying too. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. God hears the tears and the pleads of children. Even teenagers, they can be difficult. <laughs> but God cares, God's not cruel. One must stay and one must go, but God will still take care of Ishmael. And he hears his cries, he sees his tears, and God has come down. 18. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Nations will actually come. Nations, the uh, Arab nations, come through Ishmael, and they take a great pride in tracing their roots all the way back to Father Abraham. Verse 19, Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God comes through. Sometimes the answer's right in front of you, but you need God to see it. He must open your eyes. He provides a way. He takes care of us and our kids. He hears our pleads and our tears and our cries. Verse 20, God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer, shooting bows and arrows, right? 21, he lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt, so his mother was an Egyptian slave. She goes back home, if you will. You need to marry a nice Egyptian girl like your mom. I'll help you. I'll do the arranged marriage. I'll help you so you don't mess this up. This is an important decision, and I think that's awesome to have your parents help you, right? Because parents are practical. Mom, I love him. I want to get married. Does he have a job? Is he clean and sober? Does he love the Lord? No, but he's hot and I just love him, right? And we make crazy decisions sometimes. We need our parents' help, right? So arranged marriage is not always so crazy. Arranged marriages have almost no divorces, 
I've had friends that have had arranged marriages from other countries, and very rarely do they divorce. Make peace with your neighbor. Verse 22. Now it came about at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now they have a history. I don't know if you remember. But when Abraham met this powerful king with his army, he said, she's my sister. I know she's gorgeous and beautiful and you want to marry her. She's my sister. Don't kill me. I'm afraid, right? And then this king Abimelech, he marries Sarah and God intervenes and you better not touch her. I'm going to kill you. You better give her back. And Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.